Fresh off a big win against Pitt, the Mountaineers now turn their attention to possibly, you could argue, an even bigger matchup. We get into all of that on this episode of the Blue Gold Sports Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Wesley Shoemaker, Patrick Renell, back with you with another episode of the Blue Gold Sports Podcast. This time, we are previewing the Red Raiders of Texas Tech. Uh, Mountaineers coming off a big win against Pitt, but they have to turn their attention to a team that they have not beat beaten under head coach Neil Brown. They are 0-4 against the Red Raiders of Texas Tech under current head coach Neil Brown, and that's a big deal for the Mountaineers. They're the only team that Neil has not beaten Um, but along with that, there's a lot of other storylines to get into within the game as well. So let's start here. Um, let's just break down Texas tech for who they are. So red Raiders are one and two on the season coming into this week's matchup. They lost week one to Wyoming 35, 33 in double overtime on the road. They faced Oregon, who is now, I think the number 11 team in the country, number 10, somewhere in that range. Um, they faced them at home, lost 38-30 in a game that was neck and neck until late in that game. Um, I think Oregon got a pick six uh, late in that contest. And then they got back in the win column last week against Tarleton State, 41-3. No surprise there, really. So Texas Tech, they were picked to finish near the top of the Big 12 by a lot of people. Um, we know this, uh, that this team has obviously given West Virginia problems. Last year was just... Let's forget about it. Let's just act like it didn't happen. We won't act like it didn't happen, but it did happen. It was 48 to 10. It was ugly from the jump. Um, And the Mountaineers are looking to turn the page in a big way. And I think uh, we'll start here, but I think personally, if you're Neil Brown, if you're this team, this game means probably even more than the pit game, the pit team, that team really isn't that good in the grand scheme of things. However, if you can beat Texas tech, you have now shown that you are somewhat for real. I'm not saying you're obviously in the Big 12 title conversation by any means, but like you're in the we're not in the last and in, in 14th place in the Big 12 if you win this game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the pit game, like you said, that was that was a bad pit team. Um, I think the stakes for that game were mostly just you know rivalry in Morgantown, especially after last year. Um, but then you come into this game, you're two and one against a one and two team who a lot of people, this was their dark horse pick to win the conference. Um, you come into this game and you're looking at a win puts you three wins away from bowl eligibility or in Neil Brown's case, a win puts you at possibly three wins away from, you know, another year coaching this football team. Whereas um, a loss, it puts both the team with the player standpoint, coach's standpoint, puts you in a really tough position because now you're looking at four wins to a bowl game. Um, But again, like you said, it's um, people won't consider West Virginia that big 12 title contender at three and one, but people also won't consider West Virginia that 14th, 13th, 12th place team in the conference, you know, this could this win could make or break a team that finishes 12th or 13th to you know 6th or 7th yeah i think there's levels to this i think there's the you're the laughing stock and the game everyone circles as oh that's an easy game tier mm-hmm. and that's all the way at the bottom and then i think there's the 
they're going to give us a good game. It's going to be competitive. It could go either way, all the way up to, holy cow, they could win the conference and find themselves in the Sugar Bowl or better, right? So I think right now, just because of all of the preseason expectations, like West Virginia is in that bottom tier there. And Neil Brown had an emphasis on we were picked last. If we're going to prove to everyone that we're not last, it starts with winning Big 12 conference games. You can beat Pitt all you want. That doesn't mean a thing when you get into conference play, right? So it starts with me. It's That's where it starts for me is like kind of taking care of business there because one, you're at home. Two, if you're Neil Brown, you've never beat these guys. And three, like why not go week one of the full Big 12 slate and prove to everyone that you're legit? Like that's that's me where it starts. And also back to your, like your whole three wins away from a bowl game. Like this team was rejected to win like four games by all these betting sites out there. And mm-hmm. like – you're you're two wins away from hitting getting over that and you're four games into the season, right? And so like that's just that's there's that dynamic as well of you're already if you win this game, you are way ahead of where everyone else's expectations were. And so I think that's a big game, but I also think the fact that they flat out embarrassed this Mountaineer squad last year is another aspect. Like that it was ugly. Like let's be real, it was yeah. ugly last year. Um there's no positives to find the pull from any of it. Like I'm a little bit surprised that there was no moves made uh, coaching staff, like anything wise after that game, it was that ugly. Like I can imagine that flight was long and let's be honest with ourselves. There's a lot of players from that team that are still around and that are now key contributors to this team. I know, especially on that defense, all those dudes remember it. Like mm-hmm. just because Dante's gone and just because like, Jordan Jefferson up front's gone. Like, there's still a ton of dudes from last year's squad who remember getting boat raced. And I wrote it down. Texas Tech ran 103 plays in that game last year. They had 595 yards of total offense. Like, like just as a competitor, as a as a athlete, like you can't imagine that happening again, right? So to me, like that's the biggest thing is. I feel like that defense, it's really up to them. How this team shows up Saturday is up to them. And we'll get to the quarterback in a second, but we'll start here. Like how this team performs Saturday, it starts with the tone the defense sets because that Mm -hmm. defense is what was embarrassing a year ago. Yeah. And it's, you know, touch on the defense. This is a Texas Tech team. You know, like we said, going into the pick game, they're going to be should have picks. And they, at the end of the day, they can't be should have picks. They have to be picks. And this is a guy, it's, he threw three against Oregon. And, and then one against uh, if, Wyoming. Yeah. And so if, the, if that defensive line can do what they were doing Saturday and that's get past the offensive line, cause some chaos for the quarterback, make him scramble, throws he's uncomfortable with, get pressure in his face, you're going to have more of those situations where – you're going to have balls that at the end of the day, you're either going to look at as, man, that should have been a pick or good. We picked that off. WVU picked that off. Those are, those are the plays you're going to see come at if the defensive line can perform the way they did Saturday. And, you know, with the game last year, you got to think that's not going to be sitting in the back of the mind of guys like Aubrey Burks, Lee Koba, Sean Martin, who Aubrey Burks and Sean Martin, um, they were contributors last year, but not to the stature they are this year. Lee Koba was definitely a contributor last year, 
more than Aubrey and Sean were last year. But then this year, Lee Koba has turned into the heart of that defense, especially after that performance against Pitt, the performance he had against Penn State. It's that game will be sitting in the mind of those defensive players. I I th- I mean it, it can't not right like it just mm-hmm. like the way like almost six hundred yards of offense is absurd and they ran a hundred and three plays. To get back to your point though, a couple things I kind of want to break down from what you said there. First is the defensive line, right? This defensive line they've played really well, and part of that is because they're rotating guys in. On the flip side of that, Texas Tech. They play so fast, so one, you get tired as a defense, but two, you can't really set up your coverage and disguise anything because you have to get set up so quickly. So there's that aspect of it of where if you're the Mountaineers and you're used to rotating, 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 and now you're at a point where it's just like, wow, we have to have these three, four guys stay out there for six, seven, maybe eight plays, right? Like, then it's like, ooh, what happens on after the third play, right? Like what happens as this attrition builds up over and over throughout the game? Um, Also to your point, like we've heard since spring ball about how everything, everything on the defensive side of the ball was not great last year and how they're focusing on alignment, assignment, alignment, assignment, fundamentals, alignment, assignment, right? I think this is the game that shows has that worked. Because Texas Tech moves with such a quick tempo on offense that if you're out of line, like, you're going to get beat. And so I think we will find out real early on Saturday afternoon if this West Virginia defense, which focused so much on the fundamentals, if that not only clicked, but if they can then turn that into in-game performance. Yeah, it's this is a Texas Tech team that they're very well-balanced. Um you know, 38 passing attempts against Oregon, 32 rushing attempts against Oregon. It's they're going to split that ball very evenly, whether it's through the air, on the ground, and they're going to try and punish you. And as a defense, you have to be ready for that. Um, Their leading rusher against Oregon was their quarterback. So you got to be ready for that quarterback. Even if you get in his face and cause pressure, he proved that he's going to be able to get outside the pocket and make a play with his legs. And that's something that you're just going to have to be ready for and you're going to have to prepare for. Thankfully, um, our teams, WVU, spent all of spring ball going against a quarterback like that, whether it was Nico, whether it was Garrett, whoever they were going against, against a quarterback who, if something happens in the pocket and it breaks down, they can escape and they can make a play with their legs. Yeah, before we get into a deeper dive on tech, um, let's acknowledge the situation West Virginia's in at quarterback. Obviously, as if you're listening to this podcast, you know the Mountaineers are facing a little bit of a quarterback uh, question mark, I'll call it, of the, uh, for themselves. Garrett Green, he was hurt against uh, Pitt this past weekend. Nico played all but the first series. Um, and today – on Thursday is when this is being filmed Thursday night. So earlier this afternoon evening, head coach Neil Brown said that green will be a game time decision. He said he practiced a little bit Wednesday, a little bit today on Thursday and the hopes for him to go a little bit tomorrow, but let's be real tomorrow is more of walkthrough esque. So I'm not sure how much you're going to actually get from him then. So if I had to, if I had to 
pick an answer of if he'll play or not and trust my gut, I'm going to say no. That's just the way I'm leaning. Yeah. I just think that the way he looks Saturday, if he's not right enough to come back, I don't think he's right enough to go six days later. Um, yeah. And that's just my thinking on the whole thing. And I think that they're going to be very cautious with him. They they have trusted Nico. Um, I I think Nico is good enough. Now, the only thing I will caution is that let's look at the numbers Texas Tech has scored. They've scored no less than 30 points in each of their first three games. So ideally you want Garrett there to because you're going to have to score, but you don't want to hurt Garrett even more and extend that injury, and then you're losing QB1 for the remainder of the season. So you're going to have to score if you're West Virginia, and – I think what you're going to have to really focus on is time of possession. Um, Tech is last in the Big 12 in time of possession at 27 minutes, four seconds. Mountaineers are third at 32 minutes, three seconds a game. So that's a obviously a lens to look at this game through. But there's also the fact that Texas Tech scores 30-plus points in the fewest amount, like in the shortest amount of time. So, like, does it really matter at the end of the day? Probably not. Um but you're going to have to score points to win this game. It's not going to be that 17 to 9 slugfest, 17 to 6 slugfest, excuse me, that you had this past week against Pitt. So for me it's like I think Garrett won't play if I had to like put a guess on it. However, Nico's going to have to take a step up if this team wants to have a chance to win because they're going to have to score some serious points. Yeah, I I don't see Garrett playing unless get unless Neil Brown knows that Garrett is going to be able to play like Garrett or the Garrett that he wants to see play, which is the guy who's going to be able to make the plays that you're going to need him to make, whether that's escape out of the pocket and scramble, step up, make a throw. I don't think if Garrett can't do what Neil needs him to do this Saturday, I just don't see a world where he's able to play. Um, And I think that just comes down to uh, Nico getting ready to just take over for that game. But yet, you're going to, they're going to have to score points. Um, either that or going to ha- they're going to have to do what they did in the pit game. And that's control the clock, keep those long possessions going, just run the ball, run the ball and run the ball. And it's, you know, like Chad Scott said, I think it was Monday where he said, you know, the offensive line, they said, you know, just keep running the ball. We want to keep running the ball. Um, you know, Neil would uh, Neil asked what pass play they should run, and everyone looked at him. From what Chad Scott said, he just said, you know, whatever whatever pass play hands the ball off to the halfback. That's the play we need to run here, and I feel like that's going to be the recipe for success for them this weekend. Um, just based on the play that we saw from Nico, it's not like Nico was bad or anything. Just. There's a lot of room for improvement. I think I think the fairest thing to say is that there's a lot of room for improvement with him, and that's expected, yeah. right? Like he's a redshirt sophomore who mm-hmm. he's played in, like against Pitt. That was his longest time he's been in a football game consecutively. Yeah. Like the and before that, it was seven days prior against Duquesne in FCS school where he got a full half, and the year before yeah. that, like he got I believe it was most of the second half, maybe all of it. I'm not exactly sure against Oklahoma State, but like. <laughs> it was pouring down rain and he had the hand the ball off again, 40 times. Like it's like, yeah, 
I'm exaggerating there, but you get the point. And so West Virginia, they're running for about like literally just over 200 yards per game. Texas Tech, they're giving up 143 rush yards per game. So you've got to run the ball and you've got to run the ball Mm -hmm. well. It might rain. There's, I know there's a storm coming up somewhere near the East Coast. I don't know how far west it's getting. However, like if weather starts getting crappy, like that's your best friend right there is the run game. Um, a place West Virginia to me has to really improve on is third down on offense. They are mm-hmm. a, a basically a 36% clip at success rate. They've got to improve there, um, mm-hmm. especially if you have Nico under center, like you've got to be able to convert some of these third downs because the Mountaineers are then 50% on fourth down this season. I think it's six for 12 on fourth down. Um, So for me, that's a big area that I'm going to be looking to towards because in these types of games, like if you can convert third and five or third and five or less, um, and then you throw in a couple of third and sevens there, like that not only extends the amount of time your offense is on the field by like at least a minute and a half, two and a half minutes, but it also just keeps drives going and keeps positive momentum building. And when you have a young quarterback, if Mark Eel does play, it'll be interesting to see the aggressiveness and the types of play calling that we see on those third downs. Yeah. And it's, you know, to go off the third down thing, I think that a lot of that comes down to West Virginia is so reliant on the run that they find themselves in these third down situations where, you're in a position where running the ball isn't going to be the most efficient thing that you can do. Um, you know, third and six, third and seven, third and five, running the ball wouldn't be the the best possible thing to do. And you got to trust the quarterback to make the throw. And with the young guys, you know, like Nico or Garrett, um, you know, we saw that with Nico a lot this weekend. It's just, it's chemistry that still hasn't been built yet with Garrett. It's still just, just not as much experience as you would want, but it's, you know, they're working with what they have. You've got Devin Carter, you got Hudson Clement, you have guys who can make that play on third down. So that's something I'm really looking to see this weekend. I'm also looking to see how, if Nico does play, how he throws the ball when it's a air throw 15 yards or more. Um, Mm -hmm. He struggled with that against Pitt. Uh, but we've seen him in the past against Towson. I know last year he had, I think it was like a 30 yard throw to Preston. And we've seen him in practice, at least for me, I've seen him, like I've seen him make some of these throws. So I'm interested to see if he can convert that into a game like situation. Obviously the offensive line talents there and the running back talents there. We've been over that a million times. We could go over it a million more, but at the end of the day, it's going to come down to if your quarterback can make plays or if your quarterback is not going to make plays and for me, that's what this game is going to come down to is can Nico take a step up from being a game manager and turn into at least a semi playmaker because he was a game manager and that works when you can run the ball 50 times, which they did against Pitt, but you're not going to be able to run the ball 50 times unless you're running it like the best any team's ever ran it when you're having to score 30 plus points in order to beat these guys from Texas Tech. So that's the biggest thing for me is just kind of realizing that. Um, more on tech here. Uh, just going back to last year, they have a uh, running back Taj Brooks. He ran for 107 yards, two touchdowns a year ago. Uh, this year he has 37 rushes, 268 in the touchdown. He's real good. Um, they're going to have to get lined up, stop him. Uh, this rush defense has played well though. So um, I'm interested to see kind of what gives back to that whole getting lined up, getting subs in. Um, and then Tyler Shuck, he's nine and three. 
in his 12 games as a Texas Tech starter, and obviously two of those losses came this year, so that's pretty freaking good. Um, this year, seven touchdowns, four interceptions, almost 750 yards, and then he's got 137 yards and two more scores on the ground as well. So certainly this offense from Texas Tech we know is good. We know they're going to be good. We know they're not going to shy away from anything. Um, we know they like to move fast, and it's just kind of going to be who can who can step up. This defense is going to have to step up, but can they step up enough for me is what I'm going to be looking for if West Virginia is going to win this game. Yeah, it's, you know, Taj Brooks is averaging over seven yards a carry this season. And after seeing the pit game, that first drive, Pitt ran the ball, what, 11, 12 straight plays, and we just could not stop them. But then, you know, after that, West Virginia, they figured out a way to stop the running back and that stopped their offense. And so that's something to look for this weekend is, you know, the guy, the guy who's averaging over seven yards a carry can West Virginia sh- shut him down and then just kind of force a game plan change on the offense for Texas tech. It's also a matter of does this new coverage system work for a team that can throw it around the yard? Like that's, mm-hmm. that's the big thing. So let's get to keys to victory. Then to predictions. I'll go first. As I mentioned, key to victory. It's getting, it's, it's that defense. Um, if mm-hmm. you have a backup quarterback in, it's the defense has got to take a huge step up. And last year you got embarrassed. Can you show that that's not you? Um, last week was really good, out, especially outside of that first drive. So it's can you continue that success? Um, and can you slow down an offense that you really, really, really struggled with? And it, you just got embarrassed by like, let's just put it to, like, they got embarrassed last year. So can mm-hmm. you as a defense step up as a unit and not get embarrassed and keep your offense within striking distance? That's the biggest key to victory for me. Yeah. I think for me, it's going to be, it's also going to be the defense and it's going to be the first thing they're going to have to do is stop the run. I think that, Texas Tech is going to try and just hammer the run, hammer the run, and hammer the run. And if you can stop that, um, you're going to try and make the quarterback who's got almost 750 yards already this season in three games, try and make the plays and just see if you can negate that. And hopefully if the defense can do enough to stop that, the offense can put up enough points to just come out on top. We'll wait and see. So we got six picks this week. Um, obviously there is a a slew of good collegiate games. Um, we'll start with the non WVU games, and then we'll work our way at the end to West Virginia. So, uh, Colorado, Oregon. I'll go first. Um, Colorado probably should have lost last week. I think Oregon's really good. I'm high on Oregon. Yes, I have family in Oregon. Let's disclaimer that. But uh, I'm 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 gonna go with the Ducks here. I'm gonna pick Oregon. Yeah, it's with Travis Hunter being out. It's it's gonna be hard to go against Bo Nix and the Ducks, especially in Austin. That place will be rocking. Florida State, Clemson. Florida State could theoretically end Clemson's season with a second loss for the Tigers in Death Valley. I think it's a noon kick though. Oh. I'm going to take Florida State. They they cut it close BC last week, but I just think Florida State's the better team. Um, Florida State wins this one, and then they cruise to an ACC championship after that. Uh, I'm going to go with Clemson here. Just home environment, Death Valley. Uh, it's 
Florida State hasn't won in Clemson or beaten Clemson in general. And I think it's been several years. Um, I just don't see Dabo losing that game, especially a second game so early in the season. Similar storyline, Ole Miss, Alabama. Uh, Alabama could be have the nail in their coffin put in this week by former Nick Saban assistant Lane Kiffin. I'm going to use that same argument you just used for Alabama. I don't see them going out like this, not this early, not to Lane Kiffin. I'm going to take Alabama at home. I'm, I'm going to go your argument for the last one. I'm going to go Ole Miss. Uh, I think they're the better team. I don't think it's that Alabama's bad. I just don't have a lot of trust in that quarterback position. I don't think Jalen Milrow's very good. I don't think the backup's very good. We saw that against USF. Um, I think this is going to be one of those games where you see an Alabama, a former Nick Saban assistant finally get that win over Nick Saban. It happened earlier this year with Sark in Texas. Um, let's go back to the Pac-12, UCLA, Utah. I'm not going to really get much into this. I think Utah's real, 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 real good. I'm going to take Utah. Yeah, we learned that the hard way week one. Um, I'm going to go Utah. Uh, Ohio State, Notre Dame in uh, in South Bend. I think this is fascinating. I think it's going to be crazy to see how Kyle McCord does, um, but also to see how Sam Hartman and that Notre Dame offense do against a legit test on defense. I really want to pick Notre Dame just because I think that place is going to be real, real live, but I don't know. I just have some feeling that Ohio State figures it out and they they get it done on the road. Yeah, it's it's hard to go against Ohio State, you know, especially when you've got a guy like Marvin Harrison at receiver. It's hard to go against them. I got to go with the Buckeyes here. And then last but certainly not least, our game, 3.30 p.m. ESPN Plus, West Virginia, Texas Tech from Milan Postcar Stadium to end a three-game homestand. I'll go first here. Um... I think it's going to come down to if Garrett Green plays. If he doesn't play, I don't think West Virginia just scores enough points to keep up in this. I think everyone takes a step forward. I think it's close throughout, um, but I'm going to go final score, Texas Tech 31, West Virginia. I kind of want to have a funky score. I'll go West Virginia 26, uh, 31-26 Texas Tech final score. Um. I think this is the year that Neil Brown finally gets his win over the Red Raiders. All right. Um, I I don't think it's going to be a very convincing one. I think it's going to come down to just – I think they're going to put together a drive at the end, and we're going to see a game-winning field goal. And with the information that it sounds like Garrett's not going to play, originally I was looking at 34-31. I'm going to drop down to 24-21 WVU. Well, a win's a win. It doesn't matter how you get it, and that's certainly what the Mountaineers are searching for this weekend. So big-time game, uh, no question about that. Another one to close out a homestand. I bet that place is going to be a lot of fun, uh, especially after that pit game. Gold Rush, hopefully it stays dry, fingers crossed on that and so we'll have a better idea of these little uh, pick standings as we have three different games this week which should be should be fun to look at next week. But we'll be back with you uh, Sunday, Monday, per usual, following the Texas Tech game. Until then, I'm Wesley Shoemaker, joined by the one and only Patrick Now. And if you made it this far, we do appreciate you listening. And this is the Blue Gold Sports Podcast.